Alrighty, this morning I want to um, just share um, pretty much from my heart. You, you know, when you um, speak and you, and you preach or you bring a word, um, what I've learned is you always preach from the overflow. So what God shows me, then you get later. So uh, I'm just going to share something that came up. You know, when we read God's word and when we meditate on it and when we, you know, we've been talking about getting fat on the word of God so that it breaks every yoke. You know, Isaiah 10, 27 says, In that day their burden will be lifted from your shoulders, their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. Another translation says the anointing breaks the yoke. Well, um, I shared with you a couple of weeks ago that we're just believing that God would break the yoke of finances off us. Um, you know, we've travelled through and, and even our families have, have had things happen. You know, my father went bankrupt three times or something ridiculous and uh, just it, God provides but it should be easier. And so God kept on saying, just get into my word and break it. Break this once and for all for you, for your family, for the generations to come. So I'm being quite determined and uh, I have all these scriptures on my phone that um, talk about um, God's blessing, that his prosperity, that he delights in us, our prosperity, that when we give, he gives back to us. And that all these scriptures about that, that when we tie, he opens the storehouse of heaven and pours out such a blessing that we cannot contain it. And so I've been really meditating morning and night upon that because that's how we get fat. If we have an issue, if we have something that is a burden, a weight on us, then get fat. I cannot voice that strongly enough. That is what will break this stuff off our life so that we can actually be out doing what God has called us to do because it's boring, isn't it? It's the same old stuff all the time. It's boring. And that's what we've been dealing with this morning. But the other way, and we have to be consistent with it, is get fat on the word. Just eat it like Krispy Kremes. Just get it in you. Um, but I have a list of scriptures and um, I was speaking them out and a couple of weeks ago I was reading this one out and something happened and that's what I want to share with us this morning because when you read God's word it, it brings illumination, it brings revelation and the Holy Spirit will reveal our hearts to us. You know we can know lots of stuff in our head and we can know what God's word says but sometimes we have stuff in our hearts that we're not even aware of or we kind of just push aside. We think one thing, but our hearts are saying another. And so I read this scripture from Ecclesiastes 2, verse 26. It said, To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering up and storing wealth to hand it over to one who pleases God. That's quite a good scripture, isn't it? God's getting everybody ready to store up wealth for you. To the one who pleases God. But as soon as I read that, this is early in the morning, um, I read it and I suddenly wondered, do I please God? And I had this moment of maybe I don't please God. And it was like not very comfortable. And I thought, well, God's word, it's God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training and instructs us and guides us and it reveals our hearts to us. And so I sat there and I do a thing called morning pages where I get a notebook out and for three pages, A4 pages, I just write whatever that comes into my head. Now, I have some random things in here, but I just write it out on a piece of paper and I tell you what, God works in those morning pages because, you know, like I can be saying, oh, I've got to do this with the kids or I've got to go and ring this person or I've got to do this. But in amongst it, my heart and my thoughts are revealed over time. So I started to write down everything that I felt about, do I please God? So I'm going to share that this morning. So I'm being very transparent and I'm being very real with you, but this is where I was at. And so I read it and I went, do I please God? And I didn't know. 
I know some of the verses in my head that I please him, but do I know in my heart that I please him? Or am I always wondering if I've done enough? Maybe that's you. Do I tick off a to-do list of what I think will please him? If I do this, if I say that, if I go about doing good things, then it'll please him. But when have I done enough to please God? Perhaps looking at my life and how we've tried things and how they haven't worked, I really think deep down that I mustn't please God. Because if you please God, aren't you always blessed? And doesn't everything you put your hand to succeed? And so I was thinking, oh, goodness. The more I looked, the more I wondered. And I'm writing and I'm writing. This is pretty much my, my uh, morning page that I'm reading you, by the way. Um, his blessing would be more obvious if I pleased him, wouldn't it? If I pleased God, wouldn't I be more successful instead of feeling like I have to struggle so often? If I pleased God, wouldn't it be obvious that things would go well for me? Instead, I've served God and tried to support Philip to be brave and courageous and step out and be faithful. And things haven't always worked out. And in the world's eyes, and maybe in God's eyes, there's a sense of I'm not being very fruitful and that I've failed. So isn't the summation of all that is that I don't please God? Because we're taught that if we please God, everything's going to be all right. And if we please God, then, you know, it's, it's like I must be, it must be obvious to everybody else. And this is where we need the Holy Spirit to reveal our own hearts to us. And I was struggling with, if I please God, I'll be seeing more success and fruit. And instead, I often have felt like failure and hurt instead. And if anybody knows just my story, well, then they would understand where I got to that place. I'm like, well, God, I've done all these things and I've obeyed you and I've tried to be brave and I've tried to be faithful and I've tried to live by faith. Well, why did they all just, you know, fall in a heap? And anybody else being there? Oh, I'm the only one. Come on now. <laughs> yeah? So... What I did and what I recommend we always do when we're faced with a little moment of, oh, because when we read God's word, it'll bring up stuff in our heart, is I went to God's word and I studied it out. What pleases God? What pleases God? Do you know what pleases God? And so I came and the first thing, and this is an easy one, and often we'll, if you've been around church or the Bible a while, you'll know that faith pleases God. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith is it impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. And so faith pleases God. What is faith? Faith is trust. Faith is believing that what God says is true. And so Enoch walked with God. If you look through the Bible, you know, do a little Google search of what pleases God and it'll come up with all these different things. That's what I do. I just get in and I get in the nitty gritty and I get in there. And so Enoch, he walked with God and he pleased God. And Genesis 5, 24 and Hebrews eleven five talk about Enoch. Enoch actually didn't die. He went straight to heaven. So he really pleased God because he bypassed all the other stuff. I actually think that's an awesome idea. So I'm going to, you know, I really want to please God. <laughs> You know, so Enoch walked with God and he was pleased with him. So faith, and the reason he was pleased with him, because he was faith. And what is faith? Faith is just trusting in God and believing what he says. That's what faith is. Trusting in God and believing what he says to be true. When we believe in God and what he says, it pleases him. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus as our saviour, it pleases him. 
Faith comes from our heart, Romans 10, 10 says. God looks at our hearts and he doesn't just measure what we can do or what we're saying or what we're act- our actions. It's not all about that. And that's where I was getting caught up. It's not just about what we can produce. It's also about what's in our hearts. You know, First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look. He was choosing a new king and he had David before him. He says, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So when, God, when you want to be pleasing to God and you want to please him, because I do, I just want God to look at me and have a little happy dance. You know, I do. I want to please him. And so faith pleases him. And our heart being in the right way we want, that we want to please him, that pleases him. You know, we can look and we can get caught up in the world's idea of what success is and, you know, the, 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 all the things that God will give us anyway. But if we make that our goal is if I do this, if I'm successful at my studies, if I get straight A's, if I have a perfect family, if I look awesome all the time, if I've got a six-pack, if i am got it all together, we go, well, that must please God. But if our heart is always in doubt and our heart is always struggling and we're just not in a good space, that's not because God's saying, faith pleases me, just trust me pleases me. That's what it's about. God looks at the heart, you know, and and. David is a really good example. He's this little lad out looking after the sheep, back, out back and beyond, you know, like Mika Thara looking after the sheep. And here is his brothers. They're tanks. They're built like brick dunnies. They're, they're tough. You know, they're, they're strong and they look good. And they go, well, surely this must be the one that God is going to choose as, as king. But no. God looks at the heart. What did David do while he was up at Mekathara looking after his sheep? Is there sheep up there? Probably not. It's too cold, hot. <laughs> but so on the station. He was playing his harp, playing his guitar, singing songs to the Lord and just having a merry old time. Yeah, he wasn't stressed about anything. You know, he wasn't worrying about anything at all. He just spent that time just hanging out with God and that pleased him. Because he trusted in him and he loved him. So faith and trust please God. And having a heart that just seeks after him pleases God. We don't have to have it all together and we don't even have to look spectacular. We just have to love and trust God. And that's what David did. That pleased him. That's what pleased him. The other thing I found as I was studying out is to be spiritually minded. Spiritually minded is to bring life and peace. When we're, when we're carnally minded, and that sounds like a strange word, but it just means we go after the world's things, we do life world, the world's ways, then it doesn't please God. Why doesn't it please God? Because if we do things in the flesh, in the world's way, we're not trusting God. As Abraham shared with me once, it all comes down to faith. He says it's all about faith. Really, how we please God is it all comes down to faith. How much do we trust and believe what he says to be true? So to be spiritually minded is just to not walk in the ways of the world, not walk in the ways of the flesh. We have to do this. We have to be that. We have to seek and struggle and strive. And he says, no, how to be pleasing to God is be spiritually minded. You know, Colossians says, set our minds on heavenly things, where your hope and your future is and where you're seated in heavenly places. 
Because being carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, or indeed can it be. So then those who walk who are in the flesh cannot please God. So every time we get into the flesh, every time we try and dig that old hag back out of the grave, we're in the flesh or bones or whatever. Every time we go back to doing things the world's way and trying to control and trying to, this is not my plan. How many of us say this was not in my plan? Come on now. Some of you have said it to me. This was not my plan. But if, when we do that, we're getting into carnally minded. We're getting into the flesh. It doesn't matter if it's not your plan. It doesn't matter if it's not our little, you know, goals and, you know, five points and all those because that gets us into the flesh. To be pleasing to God, we just walk in the Spirit and we listen to the Holy Spirit and we, and we go, you know what, I'm going to do it God's way and I'm going to just trust Him. So there it goes, back to faith again. What pleases God? Trusting in Him and be spiritually minded. How are we spiritually minded? We trust what He says. So we let the Holy Spirit lead, lead us. You know, that's, that's how we stay out of the flesh and in the Spirit. The other thing was to fear God. How do we please God? We fear Him. That means we give reverence and respect to Him. When we accurately recognize that He is more powerful, we will respect Him. Proper respect and fear for God will motivate us to avoid sin. So how do we please God? We respect and fear Him. And when we do that, when we put him in his rightful place in our life, it'll keep us out of sin, which then pleases God. The other thing is number four is we study and follow Jesus' example. You know, the father said in John chapter 8, verse 29, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus always did those things that please the father. So how do we know how to go about our life pleasing the father? Just do what Jesus do. What would Jesus do in this situation? Think a minute. It'll come to you. Read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. What did Jesus do? Oh, he did that. Let's do that too. That's what pleased because this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So if we want to do, we want to be pleasing to the Father, we just do what Jesus did. I mean, I think there's even a little bracelet that said WWJD. What would Jesus do? So we just do the things that Jesus did. Easy? Sounds easy. Yeah? If we study the life of Jesus in the Gospels, we will learn how to please the Father. Number five, there's only six. Obey God and do his will. First Samuel fifteen twenty six says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as he is in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. God doesn't want all your sacrifices. Why doesn't he want all your sacrifices? He doesn't need it. Jesus did it already. He does not need your sacrifices. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice once and for all. He does not need your sacrifice. Let that sink in. He doesn't need you to beat yourself up. He doesn't need you to struggle and strive to be pleasing to God. He doesn't need your sacrifice. There's already been a sacrifice. That's what the cross is all about. He doesn't need it. So he just wants us to listen and obey 
and walk in faith and walk listening to the Holy Spirit. Don't drag up the old stuff. Don't get caught up into the system of the world. Just do what he says and walk how he walks and you'll please him. Number six, give sacrifice that actually God wants. What is the sacrifice that God wants? Praise. Give praise and thanks. Hebrews 13, 15, 16 says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. He just wants your praise. Is that really a sacrifice? Sometimes on a Monday morning it might be. Sometimes when we're having a little pitted despond it might be. But not really. He doesn't want you flagellating and beating yourself up and all those things. He just says, give thanks that the fruit of your lips be praised to me. This is very easy, isn't it? The gospel is very simple. I tell you what, religion has com- you know, complicated it. You know, we've come from where people beat themselves up as they went up the steps of the church. Seriously, they did. It's flagellating, it's getting a whip and beating yourself as you crawl up the steps of the church because then you might be worthy enough and your sacrifice size isn't good enough that God might be pleased with you. That is making mockery of the cross. Every time we try to please God by our own efforts, We make a mockery of what Jesus did. He has been the ultimate sacrifice already for us. All we have to do is trust that that is enough. You are already well-pleasing to God when you receive what Jesus has done. That is it. You please God when you receive what Jesus has done for you and live it out and trust by your actions and your words that what he's done is enough. And sometimes what we say and what we do screams out that we don't think that what Jesus has done for us is enough. The only sacrifice he wants from us is a sacrifice of praise, that we give what we say gives thanks to him. He says, love me and love your neighbour. I like the scripture, Psalm 16 says, You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And Proverbs says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. So my little Bible study, when I came across that and was like, Oh no, maybe I don't please God because things haven't worked out the way I thought they should, was that that's actually a wrong way to think. And we can so easily pick up that because we're in a world that is success-orientated and looks at the outer. And so because I was thinking that, you know what? I couldn't receive. Why couldn't I receive? Because I actually wasn't walking in faith. If I live and speak the word of God out, but I actually secretly, deep in my heart, am concerned that I don't please God, I can't receive I can't boldly come to him and receive all I need because I actually don't think I deserve it because maybe I don't please God. Something to think about when we, you know, when we take God's word, if we don't actually think we don't please God, we're not going to be able to receive anything because we won't receive it in faith. When we come to God, we've got to ask, believing in faith, that he is faithful and just and will give us what we're asking for. But if we don't think we're good enough or we don't think we've done enough, then we won't ask in faith and we actually won't expect to receive anything from God at all. Do you see how easy it is to get it twisted in our minds? So how do we please God? 
We just trust in him and believe that what he says is true. And the only sacrifice he wants from us is just to praise him with our lips. That's it. And out of all of that, when we trust and believe that what he says is true, all the other stuff flows of loving him and loving our neighbour. But that's not what actually pleases him most. Pleasing him most is that we just trust in him. So it is all about faith. It always comes back to that. Our walk with him is all about faith. Trusting him and believing that what he says is true. And how do we do that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we just come back to it again. How do we break the yoke off? How do we break the wrong mindsets off? We get the word in and we get fat. So these things break off. Now, I know in my heart and my mind there has been a shift in me since I got hold of that because I was going along reading, reading, and then as I read, you see, as you read, God will bring revelation of what is actually in your heart. If we diligently seek after him and go, God, I want this thing broken off my life, he will show you what is actually the thing that is stopping you moving forward. Suddenly you go, I'm afraid of that. Well, I actually think this. But if we don't take the time to get his word in because the word washes us and it brings revelation and it lights our path, we won't. We'll just keep on going, going life going, why can't I get forward? But if we take the time to get God's word in, it'll fatten us up and it starts to break things off. Now, I sat there and I cried and I wrote in my journal feeling like a big failure and look at all the things that haven't worked. And God said, that's not what it is at all. That's not where it is at all. You please me. Which is quite a spectacular thing to know that you please God. And why do I please him? Because I choose to trust in him and make Jesus my Lord and Saviour. And because of that, he says, "I, I love you. And all the blessings of heaven are mine. And so now I'm able to receive more. And he's starting to share stuff about things. Like I, I can't go there now because I haven't quite. But God's starting to unpackage things about how you receive from heaven, how, how you know the things of heaven can be as and all those things. And it's like it's directly to do with provision, but I haven't seen it. And, it, and it's just as I started to have this yoke broken off me and not really, not really what, what was in my heart and God's saying, this is what's in your heart, then God's showing me new stuff. And I'm like, I've nearly got this. And that's what happens when we get fat on the word. So how do you please God? You just trust in him and believe that what he says is true. And how do we get to that point? Get the word in. Listen to it. Read it over yourself because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when we have faith, we please him. And it's as simple as that. I've got a song that I just want us to let that settle in our hearts because often we're not taught that and the world screams the opposite. You know, and we often think religion is church, but the world has its own religion of stressing and struggling and trying to make things work. So I want, as we listen to this song, it's, it's all about letting go of my religion. Letting go of the things, because religion means to bind up. I want us just to let what I've said this morning, that how we please God is just to trust him. Sink into your hearts. And if there's any mindsets or anything that you've been carrying around, just say, you know, I just let go of that and I just receive your truth. And just ask the Holy Spirit just to reveal through his word.
That's really how simple it is. Just to have faith in him. That's what pleases him. To trust in him. He just wants to know us and for us to know him. And everything else flows out of that. That's the simple gospel. It's a crispy cream. <laughs> Let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you for your word that illuminates our hearts and brings truth, Lord. And I pray where there may have been things that have happened or we may feel like we've failed or we're not good enough, Lord, been trying to please you with all our efforts, that we would just lay that aside and know that you look at our hearts and our seeking after you to know you is all you're really interested in and that everything flows out of that. Lord, I pray that you would heal us, that you would set us free from religious mindsets and even things that have happened, Lord, that we would know that it's all about knowing you and you knowing us. And that's what pleases you most. We pray your blessing on each one here today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.